Please turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We have been looking at um, the Apostle Paul's method of witnessing. And uh, I, I really wanted to use this because it can be used on many levels. Now, one of the things that we need to be careful is, as I read these verses, is not to think, oh my gosh, I have to give up my life, neglect everything, and go do this. All right? No, it's none of those things. We will, I want to see really what I'm trying to establish from these verses are boundaries. If I was to retitle this section, I would call it boundaries. All things to all men, boundaries. Okay, where are the boundaries? <laughs> all right, where do we not go beyond? Okay, and uh, so let me start reading this. He says in, uh, beginning in verse 19, I'm reading from the New King James Version, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 19, For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Verse 20, And to the Jews I became a Jew, that I might win Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21. We're going to look at that today. To those who are without law, as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Verse 22. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Verse 23, Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Boy, there's so much there, isn't there? All right, I, I want you to notice something. That the Apostle Paul is doing everything he can go out of his way to get to the place where he can minister to people. He's trying to open those doors that will allow him to talk to people. And one of the things that, you know, I've sort of picked up along the way, I'm going to be sharing things with you ahead of time, and then when I get to it, look surprised. But no, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's some tremendous truths uh, that I've been picking up as I've been going along. And, you know, one of the things that one, one of the ministers said was he said, you know, people don't want to know what you have to say if they don't like what they see. You know, if you are a bad Christian, they don't want to hear what you have to say because you're not a good example. And so, you know, this is one of the things that we really need to learn to do, to be. And one of the things that we will talk about as we move forward in talking about witnessing, in talking about what we actually share with people, I will give you a lot of information, a lot of ways of doing things. So please don't feel like, oh, that's not going to work for me. Well, one of the things will work for you. Okay. And, and I, you know, really what you have to do after a certain point in time is once I give you the good news, by the way, it's good news. And that's something else that God has really been emphasizing in this time of study and looking at it. I always thought, God, if you get me onto this, we will do a fantastic. I know I will hear from you. I will receive from you. There is a gift in me. It's not me. There's a gift on the inside of me that has enormous potential. I know it's not me. I know it's the gift because I, I, I'm not that smart. But gee, the gift starts working, and then you kind of jump back and go, wow. And I wow myself, because I know it's God. 
Are you all with me? So I really need to okay, make, make that clear before I say what I'm saying. But I always thought if we ever get to the place where God began to give us revelation on this, boy, I tell you, there wouldn't be very many people that don't get saved. No, seriously, because what we will share will be something that will be irresistible. Amen. And we won't start with, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You sin and you dog you. No, seriously, you know, that's where it starts. A lot of witnessing starts there. And it's wrong. That's not good news. I don't know what you call it. I don't call it good news. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about where do we start? What is it? What is the good news? What were they so excited about? Amen? Okay. All right. Where was I? Back to here. Behave yourself, Roche. All right. All right. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 9. What I want to do today is go on to look at the next group. Remember last time we looked at the Jews and how the Apostle Paul witnessed to the Jews? He was a Jew himself. And so he did so many things to just get in the door to witness to them. Shave his head and all sorts of things. You know, I, I don't know if I would have gone that far. But anyway, you know, but he did what he needed to do without ever crossing the boundary of God's word. It, was, it never got to the place where he stepped, stepped out and was in a place where he was displeasing to God in any way or form. Are you all with me? And so we need to know where those boundaries are. Okay, we need to know how far we can go and when too far is, you know, uh, yeah, anyway, a, it, a lot of it has to do with your heart. No, let me rephrase that. Everything has to do with your heart. It's where your heart is. That's what matters. God looks on the heart. Amen. And so whatever you're doing, your motivations mean everything to God. If you're saying, God, I need to go here. A place where maybe other people frown at anybody stepping foot in. You know, Jesus went to tax collectors and, I mean, talked to unsavory people to get in the door so he could talk to them and minister to them and get them saved and get them in the kingdom while the Jews kept crossing the road and going the other way. And so he wasn't very popular. You know, in fact, they would criticize him constantly. And people would complain to his disciples, your master eats with all these tax collectors and, you know, they're just doing all these bad things and with bad people. And, you know, and, and they, they imagined things that weren't there. Are you all with me? And so we need to understand if Jesus was willing to go places, if God... If you've seen me, Jesus said, you've seen the Father. Yeah? Okay? If God was willing to go places like this, well, then we should be too. And we need to know how to go there, how to get involved in people's lives, how to, and we'll talk about this, enter their world without becoming that. And you really need to know what you can and can't do. You better be spirit-led in what we're talking about. Because don't get led to somewhere where your flesh is leading you and the spirit is saying, no, you're not ready for that. But pastor said it was, no, 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 I didn't say that. Pastor said, you listen to the spirit. You check it out first and you make sure that is your assignment. Not what you want it to be. You know, that you, I really want to do that, God. I want to go in the bar and witness. Yeah, no. 
No, your, your eyes are twinkling too much. No. No, no, no. You got something else on your mind? No. Hello. We'll send you to the knitting club. You know? <laughs> no, I don't want to. Yeah, that's the one. That's what we need. <laughs> no, he will send you places that you like to go, but make sure it's not something that your flesh is leading you to. I don't know how many times people have said, oh, the Lord said it. And it wasn't the Lord. It wasn't the Lord. It was not the Lord. It was something else. And they really, really, really want... <laughs> yeah, and anyway, I'm going to leave it alone. All right, back to this. So... He's, we're looking now at another group of people where he says to those, again, I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 21. He says to those who are without law. All right, now, I need to clarify that this is without God's law because he's just spoken about the people with God's law. Now he's talking about people without God's law. These are not lawless people. These are not people without religion. Are you all with me? Okay, these are people, these can be very religious people, just not. People, you know, based on the Bible. It's something else. Okay? All right. He says, uh, to those who are without law, as without law. Not being without law toward God. Notice he's clarifying now. Okay? But under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. I'll explain all this to you. Okay? All right. Now, <clears throat> the only reason that the Apostle Paul could actually do this is because he knew that is to be without law to those who are without law, okay? Is because he knew that after the day of Pentecost, most, if not all, the Jewish legal and ceremonial obligations no longer applied. And why he actually says in Colossians chapter 2, let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17. He says, so don't, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says, so don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holidays or new moon ceremonies or Sabbaths. Are, are you getting all of this? Because there's a whole bunch of people that get upset with people for not keeping Sabbaths and not doing this and that and all the ceremonies and everything else. Well, if you honor God, you'll do all of that stuff. Well, Paul honored God and he didn't think any of that was important. See, all of this, let me just keep reading. He says, for these rules, in verse 17, Colossians 2, 17, he says, for these rules were only shadows. Notice the word rules first, okay? These rules were only shadows of the real thing, Christ himself. In other words, all of those things were designed to point to Christ. Now that Christ is here, we don't need all the pointers, are you all with me? Now we worship the real thing. We honor God. We praise God. We have relationship with God, not with pointers. Are you all getting all of this? So that, you know, that, that's why he knows that stuff isn't important anymore. And people say, well, if you want to honor God, I, say, I will stop you there and say, have a conversation with him. If you really honor him, fellowship with him. If you really want to honor him, go spend time with him, not doing stuff about him. So many people get caught up in religious stuff. They have no... <sighs> Jesus dealt with this, where the religious leaders 
I was going to say they have no relationship with God, okay? Where the religious leaders just, you know, would uh, um, criticize him for not doing this, not doing that and everything else. And he would look at them and he would say, if you knew God, see, they're doing things for God, in the name of God, but they never knew God. He said, if you knew God, you'd know me. And all this criticism that you bring against me, in the name of God, you're actually coming against God himself and not even realizing it. You know, at one point in time, they were upset about something with the temple and he said, one greater than the temple stands before you. In other words, he was saying, all the stuff you do in the temple, your sacrifices, everything else, is to God, guess who? I'm here. Amen. That's why when the ceremony was taking place, he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Because they were pouring the water, you know, to God and saying, here, we're doing this religious thing with water. Even, you know, other religions have water ceremonies and stuff. And it's, it, it is a thing. And <laughs> Jesus is saying, I'm the one, come to me. I'm the water of life. There's a symbol. Here's the real thing. Want the real thing? Amen. All right, okay. And so it was only because the Apostle Paul knew that all these rules were just shadows of what he now had as a reality in his life, that is Christ Jesus. He never bothered with any of the Jewish food laws, circumcision, new moon, Sabbath celebrations, none of those when he was with the Gentiles because it was all obsolete. You know, they didn't know about that stuff. And they don't need to know about that stuff now. They need to know about Jesus. He's come. He's here. That's, let's talk about that. Amen? All right. In fact, in Galatians chapter 2, he actually got mad with Peter for being a hypocrite in this regard. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2. I want to read from verses 11 through 16. The Apostle Paul says there, beginning in verse 11, he says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him publicly. Ouch. Yeah, I, mean, you know, I couldn't do this privately. But you know why? If you publicly do something wrong, then you need to be publicly corrected. If you privately do something wrong, then we can privately correct you. You choose the arena, <laughs> okay? <laughs> you need to be careful. You want to do stuff in public, you better make sure it's right. Because one of the things that I've seen is when people do something publicly wrong and they're privately corrected, all the people that were affected by what they did wrong don't know about the correction. They still think that that's okay. Did, did you all get what I said? So we need to be really careful that we don't allow the enemy to you know, slip in and you know, make a mess of things. And then because we're trying to keep things to a minimum and we're trying to not ruffle too many feathers and everything else, we try to take things, take care of things privately and then people that have heard and been influenced and so on and so forth have no idea and they think they're still thinking the right thing and still doing the right thing when we've said it's not the right thing. So, you know, this is a case with Pete, okay? All right. So again, he says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him publicly, speaking strongly against what he was doing, for it was very wrong. Verse 12. When he first arrived, so here it is, he ate with the Gentile Christians 
who don't bother with circumcision. But afterward, when some Jewish friends from James came, you know, from the big church in Jerusalem, the muckety-mucks, okay, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore because he was afraid of what these legalists would say. Mm, Pete. Then the other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy and even Barnabas was influenced to join them in their hypocrisy. See what happens when you as a leader start going in the wrong direction? You lead everybody else astray. Well, if Peter's doing it, didn't Jesus say I'm going to build my, my church on him? No, not on him. On what came out of his mouth. Dear God, don't ever build the church on any person. What did Peter say? He confessed Jesus as Lord. And he said, that's how the church is going to be built. Of course, that's how the church is going to be built. Romans 10.9, if you confess Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're in. Amen? It was a play on words and people still haven't got it. Anyway, verse 14. <laughs> when I saw that they were not following the truth of the good news, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you, a Jew by birth, have dis, uh, discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile, why are you trying to make these Gentiles obey the Jewish laws you abandoned? Wow. You and I are Jews by birth, not sinners like the Gentiles in quote, sinners, okay? Six, verse 16, Yet we, Jewish Christians, know that we become right with God not by doing what the law commands, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be accepted by God because of our faith in Christ not, and not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be saved by obeying the law. See, he was very clear on that. All those ceremonies, all the things that you need to do, all those religious things don't save you. Now, that's a real key thing, by the way, when you're witnessing to people, that their good works won't get them into heaven. If it did, Jesus would have said to Nicodemus, dude, you're on the right track, just keep it up. What did he say to Nicodemus? You must be born again. Nicodemus is like, I'm a good guy. Yeah, but you must be born again. You need something to happen on the inside. That word born again is actually in the Greek. It talks about being born again from above. You have to be born again from above to be able to go above. When you cark it. That's Australian for when you die. Okay, <laughs> All right? You can't go if you're not born again. Isn't that interesting? All right, okay. So, that's a whole nother series. All right, back to this. <clears throat> so, with, what all this shows us is that just as much as the Apostle Paul was willing to be extremely Jewish around Jews and was equally willing to live like a Gentile when he worked among Gentiles, again, as long as it didn't violate the Word of God or grieve the Holy Spirit, it was okay. See, he was okay in doing this as long as, again, it never violated God's word. This is what you really, you really need to know the word of God before you can step into something like this. Are you all with me? So, you know, don't, that's why this is not for the novice. This is not for the person that just got saved and is so excited and can't wait to tell everybody, we need to be careful. Yes, you can tell, but be careful that you don't get caught up in something and somebody doesn't trap you and take you down with their lies. Don't underestimate the devil, please. 
He is under our feet, but he is not stupid. You know, okay? He's been around a long time, got a lot of experience on how to take people down. Look at the media, look at all the stuff that's going on out there in the scientific world right now. You're here. Okay. And to keep from being misunderstood and making it abundantly clear for anyone wanting to follow his example, this is Apostle Paul, that he would never do this, that is violate God's word or grieve the spirit, he makes a statement within a statement and says in 1 Corinthians 9.21, you know, in the bracketed part where he says not, I told you I'd explain this to you, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ. He says, in other words, even though he ignored, or I ignored, okay, let me talk in, in this way. The Apostle Paul says, even though I ignored most of the legal and ceremonial laws, I was not a lawless person. Are you all with me? Amen? Okay. In fact, in the New Revised Standard Version, it actually has the Apostle Paul saying, not only am I not free from God's law, but I am in fact under Christ's law. Let, let, let me explain this. John MacArthur explains. He says, none of us in Christ is without or outside of the law of God. Okay? But rather under the law of Christ. Every believer is under complete legal obligation legal obligation, excuse me, legal obligation to Jesus Christ. All right, follow me. Even though love, rather than the externalities of the law, is to be the guiding force. So it's not the external things of the law, but love is to be the guiding force now. Okay. In other uh, moral matters, however, Paul identified as closely as possible with Gentile customs. He ate what they ate, went where they went. You know, see, this is the problem Pete was having. He wasn't having pork anymore. It was like, oh, that's not a Jewish thing. You know, we can't do that. No, seriously, that's what was happening. And so he was like, no, no, I can't eat that food. Before that, days before that, oh, yeah, it's pork. Let's bring it on, man. We're free. But suddenly, when, you know, James' colleagues came and these religious people came, suddenly he was not eating any of that food anymore. That was a hypocrisy. And then everybody was going, oh, yeah, that's an unclean thing. Let's not touch that. Are you all with me? So it was, it was one of those things that in what he ate, what, and that's why this is talking about, all right? In, uh, he ate what they ate, went where they went, dressed as they dressed. The purpose, again, was to win the Gentiles to Christ. The whole idea was to get to a place where he would relate to them, and they could relate to him so that he could speak their language and help them find God. Are you all with me? I, I, I'm remembering in one of my studies, uh, this particular minister was training up this younger minister for the ministry. It's a lot of ministers, isn't it? Anyway, okay, <laughs> I don't want to use names. Uh, and so one of the things that he did was very clever. He took this minister out into the streets, out into the, you know, and not the upper class, okay? Right where the people lived and, and kind of a lower class area. And, you know, they got to a place where, you know, they, these people were just not talking uh, polished English. Okay. There was a lot of colorful metaphors. Do I need to say? You all getting what I'm saying? 
And this younger priest was going red in the face and was like, oh, God, you know, having a, just having a tizzy. And the older minister said, if you can't manage this, there's no way you can go in the ministry. He said, these are the people you are ministering to. Don't be offended by their language. Don't learn their language, but understand what they're saying. Somewhere in there, they're telling you something. <laughs> Figure out what it is and then minister to that. Boy, he learned his lesson that day. Yeah, go and check his choices again. But, you know, this is the thing. You know, we want to do things where we're comfortable. But God so loved the whole world. Amen. And he wants all of them to be saved. And can I just tell you, when the Holy Spirit gets in your life, he'll start changing your language. In fact, you'll get a new language. Hallelujah. And you'll find that there are things I know from a particular minister that used to love to, you all know cuss words, swear, you know, okay, whatever. He said, after he found Christ, he said he would try to say things and it wouldn't come out of his mouth. It would just stop. He said it felt like he had a block of wood in his mouth. It just wouldn't happen. God just stopped it. <laughs> but don't tell people that's what's going to happen to them. Because, you know, okay. All right. But just know that there is a miracle that will take place. Amen? Amen. All right. Where, where was I? Uh, okay. The purpose, again, was to win Gentiles to Christ. In other words, the Apostle Paul was no longer bound to the law of Moses, but by the law of love. To love, honor, serve, and please the Lord in all that he did. Did you get all that? Okay, that's the law of Christ. And that included winning over those people who were without law as much as those who were under the law, as long as he stayed within scriptural guidelines. So again, we're really trying to work out and determine how far you can go. Are you all with me? And we really need to understand that you need to like people without becoming like them. You know, be careful that you're not taking on people's bad traits. Okay? You still, you're in the world, but you're still not of this world. You're of somewhere else. And in order for you to shine and for you to be a good example, you need to be able to hold on to that. I'm, I'm just thinking of Pastor Verity right now and some of the things that she told me that, you know, when she was working in the SES and when she got saved and everybody around her started cleaning up their act. And people wouldn't say all those colorful metaphors around her suddenly. See, God will go to bat for you, man. You know, you, you, you be that. You be his kid. And don't look to correct everybody. That's God's job. Don't try to become junior Holy Ghost. <laughs> okay? You just be God's child. You just do what you need to do and let God take care of the rest. And he will. Hallelujah. And that's what's so beautiful when he does it. Okay. Uh, right. Simon J. Kissimaki explains that there is a rigid limit to Paul's flexibility as he seeks to win the loss from different cultural and religious groups. He must not do anything that is forbidden to the Christian, not free from God's law, but he must do everything mandated of the Christian, such as Christ's command to go and make disciples of all nations. He's under, therefore, Christ's law. Do you, do you get that? Okay, so he never crosses God's law but he's also under mandate to do everything that Jesus said to do. 
And that is go out there, do this, reach people. Amen? So returning once again, now to the message translation, I really like this. It gives us a little bit more insight into what Paul says when he translates him to say, I entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. I really like that. He entered their world and tried to experience things from their point of view. See, this is one of the things that we need to be careful that we, so, you know, I'll probably say this later on as well, but we need to be careful that we're not always trying to correct people. We're there to connect with people, not correct them all the time. Are you all here? If you have like a correction spirit and, and kind of like a legalistic, uh, judgy kind of spirit, it won't work. If, if you're like that, you need to go away and do something else for a while. Don't get involved in something like this because it, you're going to chase people away. We don't want that. Okay. <laughs> So, in other words, from a practical standpoint, Paul says again that if we're going to be successful in sharing our faith, we've got to stop trying to get our point of view across to people, and we need to enter their world and try and know and understand their point of view, and in doing so, try to know and understand them. Once you understand their point of view, you'll begin to understand who they are. Are you all with me? Amen? And I will talk to you about all of this later on. Okay, I'm going to give you some... some Tremendous insights into how to talk to people and everything else. Things I didn't know in the past. Because if I knew, I would have told you. All right, But I'm learning now, and I'll share them with you as we go. I'll be also practicing a lot of this stuff. Okay, <laughs> so this is the key and requires you to listen and ask questions. We're going to be talking about that, okay? It requires you to listen and ask questions. We really are not good at listening. When I say we, I don't mean we, but you know, people generally. They're more interested in telling people their opinion and their thoughts, and they switch off when people are talking. And that's what happens to the other guy. They, you know, while you're talking about what is important to you, they switch off until you shut up, and then they'll tell you what's important to them. And so we have this kind of thing going where nobody's listening to anybody. In fact, I read you a quote one, at one point that said, there are just millions and millions and millions of words being spoken, and nobody's listening. Can we start listening? There is an art to listening. I'm, I'm trying to combine two thoughts together. There's an art to listening with the Spirit. Okay? Where you are listening to what people are saying, but you are listening to the Spirit for the interpretation of what they're saying. So that you can actually see where they're coming from. One of the things that we're going to be talking about, and I'll, you know, we'll share this with you, is how to listen out for some things in people's lives that are either hurts or disappointments. Things that will open the door for you to minister the gospel. Because the good news is God can get involved and fix that. That's the good news. You know, again, like I said to you, we'll talk about what the good news is. It's not for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, and the, you know just uh, anyway, settle down. All right. Once again, remember that it's not about you. <laughs> Those forward words, it's not about you. Say it after me. It's not about me. That's the problem. It's all about them and how you can minister to them as the Spirit leads. Of course, this doesn't mean that we give up our life 
neglect work and family because we've immersed ourselves in someone else's life and no longer have a life of our own. Okay, not at all. <laughs> okay, but it does mean, listen carefully, that whenever we have an opportunity to pray for them, answer their questions, lend a hand, or help them in some way, we should try to do so and to get to know them a little in the process. See, while you're doing stuff, you can talk to them. Amen? And you can, you know, they have time to talk to you and you can listen and learn. So we can better understand them and be more effective in our ministry to them. Please remember that all of this is coming from love. Because I love you, I want to share something with you. And I want to help you find the same God that has blessed me and does done mirac just miraculous things in my life. I want that same God in your life. It's not to bring you to church. It's so that you have connected with Him and He can now do in your life what He so desires. God so loved you. And He still does. I'll give you some things that will really set you free about this whole area of witnessing, okay? Just hang till we get there. The fact of the matter is that people will only listen to what, <laughs> here it is, to what we say if they're impressed with what they see. More on this later, okay? Once again, Jesus is our best example of this. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 and 36. I know I've run out of time. Um, can, I, can I just finish this little section here? All right. It says, Then Jesus went about all cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel. This is Matthew 9.35. The gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness, every disease among people. Verse 36. And this one's important. Okay? Matthew 9.36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. See, he only could see them because he was with them. He was out there preaching to them and teaching them and healing them and he saw them. So many people need to be seen. They just need to be seen. You know, they, they feel like they're going through life unseen, unnoticed. And if you could just see people, if they could just know that they've been seen by you, it makes so much, you, you know, you make a connection like none other. I know one of the uh, one of the movies I was watching was really interesting. They greet themselves and uh, they greet people, and the the way they talk to each other is they. One of the phrases they use is "I see you," and I was thinking, "Oh, that's a strange phrase." And the more I was studying all this, that came to mind, and I realized that they acknowledged people. And they said, you're not just something standing in front of me, an aberration and something that, you know, I'm mostly going to ignore. Uh, you know, <laughs> unless it's something interesting. But they, they say, I see you. I see you if you're hurting. I see you if you need something. I see you as somebody important. I see you as something special. I see you. I remember, you know, a child was, was in, that had lost a parent said something very profound. They were really struggling. 
And, you know, because I think the mother had died. And in talking to this child, the child, you know, the, the counselor was saying, what is it? What's the problem? You know, where is all this behavior coming from? And he said, my mother saw me. She knew. She just saw me for who I was. And said, I, I don't get that anymore. You know, I'm not seen. And I thought, wow, that was powerful. When he saw the multitudes, he saw them. He was moved with compassion. So he wasn't just, he didn't just glance over it. He saw them. He saw people. And his heart went out to them. In ministering, oh, well, let me finish reading that. He says, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered. See, he, he saw them like sheep having no shepherd. In ministering to people, Jesus connected with them. He saw them and he was moved with compassion for them. The same thing will happen to us as we are led by the Spirit to enter their world and connect with them. We too will see them and be moved with compassion and love them as God loves them. Did you hear me? Additionally, we will stri stop trying to correct people and look for ways to connect with them instead. We will look for common ground without becoming like them, and as the message translation puts it, losing our bearings in Christ. Let, let me just read the message translation here. He said, I didn't take on their way of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. I really like that. He entered their world, but he didn't take on their way of life. Are you all with me? Like I said, boundaries, okay? We're learning where not to cross, okay? What, what, where the lines are. He says, I entered their world. I didn't take on their world of life. I kept my bearings in Christ. He knew who he was in Christ. He was there to minister to them. So he had to make sure that he had that good news available and ready when they needed it. Not go down the tubes with them and say with them, oh, woe is me. There's no hope. <laughs> okay? Whereas Peter said, be always ready to give a reason for your what? Hope, for the hope that is in you. I have been doing and saying something wrong all this time as well. I suddenly realized that the Bible never talks about sharing your faith. It talks about sharing your hope. Did you all know that I didn't know that? Well, you know, you're all smarter than me. Anyway, so <laughs> I just never knew that. And I started looking at it and thought, see, that's something else we got wrong. We need to fix a few things, don't we? I tell you. Okay. Let me finish this. This is Paul's way of saying, I entered their world, but I didn't change. Showing us that you don't have to be like them. I've said this before, to reach them, but you do have to like them. You don't have to be like them, but you have to like them. All right? To reach them. It's only as we like people, we will, uh, yeah. Will we, will we be willing to find the answers they are looking for and do as the Apostle Peter says? This is the verse I was quoting to you. In 1 Peter chapter 3, last verses, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. And that is, he says, always be prepared. This is the NIV, by the way. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But he says, do this with gentleness and respect. 
not obnoxious and rude, <laughs> okay, and putting them down. Notice he says, with gentleness and respect, verse 16, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak malicious, maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So I want you to notice, he says, not only what to share, but how to share it. Amen? And so we're going to be talking about that in more detail as well. All right, we'll leave it there for today. When we come back, we'll finish off this section. Look at verses 22 and 23, where the Apostle Paul says that he was all things to all people. Amen? What all that means. Father, we thank you today for your word, and we thank you, Father, for all that we are learning. I thank you, Father, that <laughs> as we progress through this, and we want to do this, Methodically, we want to do this one step at a time. We don't want to get ahead of you. We don't, as much as I love to just share it all at once, Father, we just, we need to take in the little bit that we need to take in week after week so that we are making permanent changes in our life and taking the time to do it properly. Hallelujah. Now, just thank you, Father for everything that has been ministered, that your Holy Spirit has been ministering to them one-on-one, -on -one, everybody that is in the sound of my voice, both here and online, and who will be watching this later. And we just thank you that all of this has to be done in the power of the Spirit and by the leading of the Spirit. And we thank you for that for never leaving us, never forsaking us, always being there with us every step of the way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 